<laughs> it's already started. Well, we are excited about our series on the Holy Spirit, and I think Pastor Joy did a phenomenal job last week um, explaining the five misconceptions of the Holy Spirit. Does anybody remember any of the misconceptions that she talked about last week? Anybody remember? Faith, what was one of them? Um, She's looking at her notes. It's okay. Can she? Eh, yeah, remember, you guys remember last week, she made everybody go, eh, like you, the buzzer, like you, when you get wrong. Have you ever had uh, one of those things in school where they buzz you when you do something wrong? Have you ever had one of those, eh, anybody ever that? Well, she had us all go, eh, and then, and then we started going crazy with it. I think she screwed up by letting us all do that, because then we're like, eh, every time she's saying something, eh. So, what's another one? What was another misconception she talked about last week? Faith again. Uh, speaking in tongues is from the devil. Oh, eh, oh, yeah, yeah. he talks about that. What's another one? Faith again. When you, when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you lose control of your body. And that's wrong. Yeah, that's right. Let's, hold on. I'm taking That is a good one. That is a good one. But, no, I said that. Oh, you said that one? Okay, yep. And that was, and, yeah, oh, yeah, that went away. Yeah, it's longer. Yep. When you get baptized, like normal water baptism, you receive baptism in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it was two different things, yeah. I think it's all. Is that all five of them? Yeah. I think that's all. So she did, again, <laughs> yeah, I don't know about you, but I have like, like, I'll preach a message and I'll totally forget what it was the next week. So it's just like, I thought it was good. It's good to have a fresh reminder of like what was discussed. She did an excellent job uh, last week. And, uh, and we just want to continue on the series of the Holy Spirit. And um, right off the cuff, I'm, we're going to just go ahead and say this. Um, this was quoted by a, a man of God who has an amazing church, and when I heard them say this, I've been quoting it ever since, and that's this. God is not weird and wacky, <laughs> but he is wild and wonderful. <laughs> He's not weird and wacky. So if so, I know a lot of times people maybe will have a, maybe they'll have a wrong perception of God because they had a wrong demonstration of maybe a thing of the Spirit or maybe a demonstration because we as people, we can... Uh, we are weird and wacky, but God is not. And, and we can sometimes, I guess, misconstrue things or misrepresent. How many here have ever misrepresented God before? Yeah. Ever misrepresented God? Meaning you didn't act like Christ. Like you, you said, you know, I'm, I'm a follower of Christ, but then you straight misrepresent. So, okay, so, so in that context, God gave you grace. And so in the context of church, we need to learn to sometimes give other people grace when they misrepresent him too. But there's been a huge thing where I believe that um, people are embarrassed or even freaked out by the Holy Spirit. Say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Only half of you guys said it. Let's say it again. Say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. All right. There we go. Sometimes people, maybe they're embarrassed or they're freaked out. And this is, what's, this is what blows my mind. This is what drives me crazy. Is that we can have people, and I'm one of them, who love sci-fi and love superheroes and, right, and alien mysteries and ghosts and all this other stuff. Like, we, we want all of these type of things. But yet, when God shows up in a service, we get freaked out. Like, seriously, like, like you have people that are, that are at, they're, right, weird and wacky, say weird and wacky. You got people that are at, like, what is it, uh, Area 51, and they're, like, dressing up like aliens and tr prouncing around and all this stuff. But then if God shows up in a service, people are like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Come on, somebody. God is not weird and wacky, but he is wild and wonderful. Okay, he's wild. No one can tame God. No one can tell God what to do. 
and he's wonderful, right? We just talked about that. We just talked about Waymaker, and, and that is who you are. And this is the thing I just want uh, to say that I believe that when people get freaked out by a move of God, I believe that's the devil. That's the devil. You know, I think we've went away from saying things are the devil because we don't want to freak people out. But when people are freaked out, when God shows up, that's the devil. Do you know that even Pastor Joy talked about it last week? People called Jesus Beelzebub, meaning called him Satan. So there are times when people will say, oh, that's not God. I believe we live in, a, in an Acts 19.2 generation. Either people have had misrepresentations of the Holy Spirit, or people don't even know the Holy Spirit existed. Check this out. Acts chapter 19, verse 2, okay, it says this. Okay, uh, Paul was going around, and he was preaching to believers, and he found a group of believers, and he's asking them about the Holy Spirit. And this is what they said. They said, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we have not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. He's saying that to believers. And he said, well, then what baptism did you receive? And then he goes on to say, well, we received the baptism of John. They began to preach and he began to share. He laid hands on him, praying for him. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. But, but I believe we live in a generation that doesn't even know the Holy Spirit exists. Right? I mean, we have people, right? People know about God, right? Oh, I believe in God. I believe in God. People, they like Jesus, right? Back in the 70s, they had what's called the Jesus movement. Have you guys ever heard of that? The Jesus movement? I mean, they were writing songs about Jesus, right? That weren't in church, right? Jesus is all right with me, right? Jesus is still all right with me. I mean, they're, they're like, they're okay with Jesus. But the minute Holy Spirit gets on the scene, now everybody gets freaked out. <laughs> Come on, someone. So maybe we can dispel some of the fear and uncertainty around the Holy Spirit because, friends, he's been there with us since the beginning, and he's with us all the time. It's God's presence. How many of you have ever asked for more of God's presence? In essence, what you've asked for is more of the Holy Spirit. We've just, it's just a different word, right? When you're like, you know, what, what, what do we sing that song about the presence? Fill this place with your presence. You know, Holy Spirit, you know, you're welcome here. Come fill, you know, the atmosphere. You're asking for the Holy Spirit, right? And so, have you ever had a time where you've maybe, there's probably been times you've sensed God and didn't even realize that was him. Have you ever had somebody speaking to you and then all of a sudden you start getting like goosebumps, like, they're like you guys are talking about maybe God, maybe we're talking about the Bible, and all of a sudden you get like, like, man, I got this feeling. Have you ever had somebody pray for you and you start crying? Have you, ever, have you ever had where you're like, you leave church and you feel like, man, I feel like I have a pep in my step, right? Like, I just feel better. I like, like, my day feels good. That is the Holy Spirit at work and you didn't even realize it. Come on, someone. Because God is at work even when we don't even realize it, okay? And so we want to continue on this message on the Holy Spirit and... Um, God's presence is the Holy Spirit. So I think that's probably already up there. Yep. So when we commit our lives to Christ, the Holy, Spirit, the Holy Spirit begins this work in and through us. He produces a life of fruitfulness in our lives, right? It's called the fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, right? These are the things people want. Come on, somebody. Oh, hello? Who wants love, joy, peace? Oh, and then we pause there, right? Because nobody wants patience, <laughs> <laughs> kindness, 
goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, right? We love, joy, peace. That's enough, Lord. <laughs> but he begins, the Holy Spirit begins to do these things in your life. And so when you commit your life to Christ and people start seeing a difference in you, it's because the Holy Spirit is now working in you, right? The Josh Hester now is not the Josh Hester before he committed his life to Christ, right? Right? There was no peace. There was no joy. There definitely was no kindness. Come on, someone. So he produces fruitfulness in our lives. The Holy Spirit manifests himself to bring us closer. Do you know that the Holy Spirit manifests himself in a supernatural way to bring us closer to the Lord, not to draw us away from him? Sad thing is, 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 I think what happens is, is we as believers, we don't explain what's happening. And that's what freaks people out. Anybody here uh, know uh, Saddleback Church? Anybody here ever read uh, Purpose Driven Life? Rick Warren, right? I mean, he's got, you know, I think it's the largest church in America. It's like 60,000 people, just ridiculous. And, um, and he was preaching in a conference, and he's, he's not, uh, you know, Assemblies of God or Pentecostal or any of that other stuff. And he was preaching at one of our conferences down in, in Florida to a bunch of of Pentecostals, and he said, he said, don't shy away from the gifts, explain them. This is coming from somebody that's not even in affiliation. See, what's happening is, is people are like, oh, that's weird, that's wacky. Oh, oh, we, we don't want to turn people off, so we're going to shy away from them. We need them in operation, and I'm going to share a scripture of, of the power of what happens when God shows up. Because, friends, it was the power of God that transformed my life. It was the power of God that first got my attention, I said, hello, hey, wow, there's something outside of drugs and the way you're living. <laughs> and I had an encounter with God that, that is undeniable and that can no one talk me out of. And, and from that experience, you know, begin to experience other things. And a man with, a man with an argument is no match for, for a man with an experience. Like if you experience God, faith, can't nobody talk you out of that, right? If you experience the Holy Spirit, right, there's no one that can debate you out of what you've experienced, right? This, when they were trying to talk the disciples uh, out of, of, of uh, Jesus being, he said, no, no, 500 of them literally experienced Jesus being resurrected from the dead. So there's no denying that. Like, you cannot turn us away from what we've experienced. Come on, somebody. Because when you experience the Lord, and that's what I believe, that's why we're talking about the Holy Spirit, because I believe, I believe the church today, I believe America, I believe young people, I believe old people, I believe we need a tangible manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Because it will actually draw us closer to the Lord, not drive us away from Him. When I had an experience with God, and that's what it did, I started going to church, right? I'm like, I'm going to try to read this Bible that I don't know how to read. Come on, someone. The Holy Spirit manifests Himself to bring us closer to the Lord. So this is the thing. The spiritual gifts do these things. We're going to talk about spiritual gifts today. Okay, this is basically like kind of like the overview. Because, I mean, we could literally talk about each one, you know, and we could break them all down. So I just kind of want to do kind of like a blanket overview of spiritual gifts. And this is the thing that spiritual gifts do. There's five things that they do. They do a lot more than these, but these are just five real quick. These are things that, the, that when, when spiritual gifts are in operation in a person's life or in a church, they do these things. Number one, they bring glory to the Father. Number two, they build faith. When you hear a prophetic word, there's something inside of you like, wow, God's real. <laughs> it strengthens believers. Okay? Uh, gifts of the Spirit are for strengthening the church. 
Not to, not to turn people off or turn them away from the things of God, but to actually encourage them. Okay, it brings proof about, about God. There's a scripture that we're going to talk about that is that exact same thing. Do you know that there was a time um, when, and I'm going to share this real quick. There was a time when, uh, when we were doing lots of street evangelism and we're street witnessing, and we've got a campus on our South Toledo, uh, down in South Toledo on South and Broadway, if you don't know. And, uh, and we, we do a lot of community outreach. And um, so there's always people that are always asking for money. I mean, we're always giving out food. There's all kinds of stuff. And so long, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to try to tell a long story short, right? Trying to, trying to have a pastor or a preacher make a long story short is a miracle. So you're about to see a miracle here. <laughs> right. Um, so there's this guy, he was like giving me the story about how he needed gas and all this other stuff. So like, I was the type, like, I'm not going to hand you money, but let me help you get gas. Grabbed a gas can, went over. So he took me for this long loop. It was a big, uh, big lie hoopla mess. And uh, so, so this guy, he's like going in his house. He's coming out. He's going in his house. And I have this gas can. And he's like, this car right here. I'm like, dude, like, you don't need your car. Let me just go fill this gas can up, put some in, and then, you know, hook you up. So he was like, no, you don't have to do that. I just need a few dollars. He's like, look, man, you don't understand. The Bible says that if a man asks for you to walk one mile, you go two. So not only do I want to put gas in your car, I want to fill your car up. So get your keys. Let's get your car. Let's go. So he's giving me all of this hoopla and all this other stuff. Instant, like Im immediately, the Lord gave me this prophetic word. I started speaking to this guy. And the Lord started like speaking through me to this guy. And he right there, he just started weeping. And he said, he said, everything you just said is it's." It's, it's right on. Can you please pray for me right now? Like we're on the street. He's like, pray for me. Because it was a word of knowledge about this man's life, about where he was, all this stuff. Got, the Lord started speaking things that I don't know. I don't know this guy. To him, to where immediately right there, he, he was like, the conviction, because that's what it is. It's meant to bring conviction, right? Conviction of his heart. And he began to weep. And he's like, pray for me right now. Started praying for him, right? God's touching him. So then I reached into my pocket and I'm going to give him money. He's like, I don't want it. <laughs> right? Because the Lord was on that, right? And, and that's what it is. It brings proof about God when you have spiritual gifts in operation. And then it brings clarity of future endeavors. I can't tell you how many times that, man, I'm like, okay, God, I don't know where to go. Okay, God, I don't know what's going on. And then, you know, maybe through a person, maybe through prayer, maybe somebody, you know, they, they said, man, I feel the Lord just kind of speaking this. I'm going to share this with you. And it brought clarity to where maybe I was supposed to lead in direction. Does that make sense? So, I, so the scripture is going to use this word manifest. And what manifest is, I'm, here's a dictionary definition. Go ahead, hit me, Jordan. Hit me. Manifest is, nope, that's not it. You hit one too many. Manifest is to display or show by one's act or appearance or to demonstrate. So it's going to say the manifestation of the spirit, meaning displaying the spirit, right? Bringing a demonstration of the spirit, right? Okay, that's what it means when it uses that word manifest. Are you guys ready? Now, we got 11 scriptures we're going to read. Can you, guys, can you guys hold on? A lot of times we start reading the Bible in church and then people start falling asleep. If I see a little bit of drool, can I like splash you with water? All right, I get a look. <laughs> if I see your head start nodding back, like... <laughs> we're going to read, we're going to read 11 verses here and we're going to kind of talk a little bit about this. So we're going to read our scriptures found in first Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to read verse one through 11. I'm going to read out of the ESV should be on the screens. 
Now concerning spiritual gifts. See, even Paul, back in those times, he was like, look, man, we need to, I need to write to you, explain some stuff, because stuff was happening that was like, hey, look, I'm going to give you a little bit of explanation. Now, now tongue-tied. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. Say uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, how many of us were pagans in here? That means you're just living for yourself, right? Okay. Hey, you were led astray by mute idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is cursed. So he's explaining, obviously, in their church, they have some confusion about spiritual gifts. Right? You have people that are saying all these things and doing all these things. And he's like, hold on here. Let me give you a little bit of instruction. Say instruction. There's this new game, and I'm going to pause it for a minute. There's this new game. It's called Spikeball. Right? Anybody here ever play Spikeball? Two people in here. Three people. Okay? So, so if I was to take my Spikeball net that I bought at Aldi's for $20, and I was to set it right here, these two people, they, of three people who know how to play, weren't in this room, and I was like, here, you know, here, here, here's a game. Figure it out. You would probably be doing all kinds of stuff, right? Because you have no instructions. Right? You probably watch a YouTube video, you'll see how to play it, and then all of a sudden you'll start doing it correctly. Well, this is what's happening in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, okay? Okay, the spirit is moving, people are doing stuff, and he's like, let me give you some instructions, okay? No one can say Jesus is Lord except the Holy Spirit. You still with me? All right. Verse 4. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit and the variety of services, but the same Lord and their varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Say empowers. Empowers, right? That's what it's about. Verse 7. Or did I skip some stuff? Oh, verse 7. Yep. To each is given, right? What did I say, right? The manifestation of the Spirit is for the common good. Meaning that, you know, when God shows up, when he moves, it's not for harm. It's not for weirdness. It's not for people to get turned off. It's actually meant for you to draw close to God. And if you ever, let me just say this, friends. Let me say this, church. If you ever see anything ever happen in this church that you don't understand, please ask. Right? Please ask. Say, I don't, I don't know what's going on, right? The disciples who are walking with Jesus, well, what, right? He's teaching and he's telling them. And they're afterwards, after he's done teaching, he's, they're walking up. They're like, can you please explain to us that parable? We don't know what you just said. They're walking with Jesus, right? So if you ever see anything or there's anything that you ever, please just ask. You got it? All right. Verse 7. Teach is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Verse 8. For the one who is given... Through the Spirit, the utterance of wisdom, right? Utterance means speaking, right? They're going to speak wisdom. To another, the utterance of knowledge, right? That means God's going to give you specific information about something or person that you normally wouldn't do. That's what happened with that guy that I was ministering to on the street. The Lord gave me what's called an utterance of knowledge or a word of knowledge. I knew stuff about him that I don't know because I don't even know the guy. And because, he, because the Lord knows him, because the Lord, right, every hair on his head is numbered, right? The Lord knew him before he was born. The Lord can speak and know about his life and shared me a few secrets that I can share to him. He's like, oh, God, I need you. And didn't even want my money after that, right? According to the same spirit. Skip on here. Oh, man, I just like totally blew past it. To another, faith by the same Spirit. Faith is a gift of the Spirit. Some of y'all need to ask for that. 
to another gifts of healing by the same spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to, to distinguish between spirits. Pause there, friends, you need that. <laughs> There's a little thing called discernment. When you know what's going on, friends, you need that. If there is a spiritual gift in your life that you need, you need discerning of spirits. You need to know that's the Lord, that's the devil, that's whatever, right? You need to know that. To another various kinds of tongues, and that's what Pastor Joy talked about last week. Isn't it funny that tongues is at the very end? Because it's not even like the most important one. And we'll get into that in, in 1 Corinthians 14. Okay? To all these are empowered by one, oh, I forget one, and to another interpretation of tongues. So like if somebody was to speak in a tongue and then like out loud, then we'd, be, we'd have to be silent and wait for an interpretation. And then that's going to be another gift. Somebody either, sometimes the person themselves will have interpretation, but what's really cool is when somebody, from, somebody else has one. I've seen that happen a few times. It's really cool. All of these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So they, these are called the gifts of the spirit. There's nine of them, but let me, know, let me tell you, there's more than that. There's 1 Corinthians, or excuse me, there's, there's uh, Romans chapter 12 uh, gifts. And I believe that there, are, that there are gifts that probably aren't even mentioned, right? I mean, God probably works through people in ways that, you know, that is not on here. You guys still with me? Why? Why would God do these things? Why would God use people in, in, these, in these ways? Wisdom, knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, works of, works, working of miracles, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, tongues and interpretation of tongues. Why would he do all these things? Well, because what? It brings glory to the Father. It builds faith. It strengthens believers. brings proof, proof about God and it clarifies future endeavors. Right? And it does so much more. But right, it does these things, right? It brings glory to God. And I'm going to go ahead and say, I've seen God use every single one of these. I've seen them all. I've seen, let me go back to the first one. I've seen, I've seen people speak wisdom. If you ever hear me speak wisdom, know it's God. Just know it's God. <laughs> like, man, that was really wise. That was not Josh. That was an utterance of wisdom. God, think about this. Have you ever had somebody give you, um, maybe they give you information or maybe they give you counsel or maybe they gave you suggestion or maybe they helped you out and it was wisdom. Like that, when you, when you spoke to somebody, they spoke to you and it was just like, that's, that's what needs to happen or that's what I need to do or that's, that's what, that makes all the sense. That was most likely an utterance of wisdom. The Lord spoke through them in a wise way. And usually that doesn't freak people out. Utterance of knowledge, that can sometimes freak people out, right? Like if I was to walk up to you and start telling you about your business, would you get freaked out about it? Maybe a little bit. But then there would be this like thing inside of you of like, wow, oh my gosh, God's real. <laughs> Another's faith. I've seen people, you know, work in faith. One of the people that I know that has the gift of faith of the most strongest is Pastor Earl. This guy has faith for all kinds of stuff. He has a gift of faith. Hey, gifts of healing. The Lord has used me in, in healing. God has, I've seen God heal people in miraculous ways. Uh, workers of miracles, haven't really seen that. You know, that's, that's the one that's kind of, I haven't seen, you know, like parting the Red Sea. And, you know, like I haven't seen anything like that. Just haven't. Uh, prophecy, yes. 
Distinguish between spirits, yes, and then tongues. Okay, I've seen all of these things. The Lord's used me in most of all of these because they're real and because they bring glory to the God, Father, they build faith, they strengthen believers, bring proof of God's existence, and they clarify future endeavors. So here we're going to continue on. In first, you guys stay with me. We're going to continue on here in 1 Corinthians. There's a few verses. I just kind of want to end this chapter here. Verse 27 through 31. It says, Now you are the body of Christ, individual members of it, and God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, mirac then miracles, gifts, uh, healing, helping, administrating, various kinds of tongues. And then he goes on to say this. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers? Are all... Do all work miracles? Do all possess the gift of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Isn't that interesting? Paul's saying, do all speak with tongues? Very interesting. Do all interpret? And then he goes on to say this little thing right here, verse 31. But earnestly desire the higher gifts. And he goes, and he says, I will show you still a more excellent way. Earnestly. Say earnestly. We're not talking about Ernest P. World. Many of you probably don't even know who that was. It's a 1980s kid. Yes, I grew up with G.I. Joe, Ninja Turtles, and Ernest P. World. Okay. Ernest, every time I see Ernest, I just think of Ernest. Okay. He had all those movies, you know, like Ernest Goes to Jail, and Ernest oh, yeah. Saves Christmas, and I know, right? See, only the old people know. All of you know, all of the, all of you young, I'm talking about myself. I ain't talking about like people with gray hair. I'm talking about me and I have gray on my chin. What, <laughs> what I'm saying is, young people, if you are under the age of 30, you need to watch Ernest. <laughs> Go watch Ernest. I'm telling you, you will hate it and love it. You'll be like, this is so terrible. It's funny. Okay. <laughs> earnestly. He says, earnestly desire the higher gifts. Well, what does earnestly mean? Basically, earnest. Earnestly is sincerely or intense conviction, seriously, zealously or eagerly. So he's saying eagerly desire the greater gifts. Zealous in a zealous way. Sincerely, intense conviction. Desire the greater gifts. And then he goes on. Now, the cool thing about 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is it's about the spiritual gifts. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is about love. And he goes on and he talks about that. You know, he said, you know, you can have all of these gifts. And if you don't have love, you don't have Jack. Right? That's the synopsis of 13 for me. Right? And then he goes on to say, love is patient. Love is kind. It is not boastful. It is not rude. It is not proud. Not self-seeking. Keeps no record of wrongs. All those cool things that, you know, love is the thing that we usually say to the person we're standing in front of. If we're saying a scripture, you know, before we get married. But then he goes on to chapter 14 to bring more clarity and information about gifts of the Spirit. So, you ready for a roller coaster ride? We got plenty of time. I still got 20, I still got 22 minutes. We're going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 through 25. <laughs> gotcha. Wait, where? 1 Corinthians chapter 14. You guys going to be with me? Are you falling asleep? Right? Don't, don't, don't get bored and start going on Facebook. <laughs> You're going to need some coffee after this. It's almost the whole chapter. It's a good portion of it. You guys with me? You ready? Yeah. 
Verse 1, it says, pursue love, right? He just finished uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and he's talking about love. And he says, pursue it, chase after it, run for it, go for it, pursue love. And he says again, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. So we hear Paul saying this twice. So it blows my mind that you have people in churches and believers that want nothing to do with spiritual gifts. You have Paul saying this, man, earnestly desire, earnestly go after Come on, somebody. Anybody here believe the Bible? Amen. Come on. Earnestly. Remember why I said earnestly is, right? Not casually, not lightly, sincerely, intensely, seriously. Especially that you may prophesy. Oh, he's going to talk about that. For one who speaks in tongues speaks not to men, but to God. But one, but no one understands him. Have you ever heard somebody speak in tongues? You're like, what is he saying? I don't know what he's saying. But he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, say on the other hand. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. Have you ever had someone speak a prophetic word to you? And you like, I mean, it was like, it goes, it's like more than like speaking to your brain. It like shoots into your soul. Right? When God speaks, I mean, it like electrifies like the, like, like you just know. I mean, I've had, I've had people prophesy over me to where it was like, like it was such a strong word that I mean, I just had to like, oh, like, like get on my knees because it was the Lord speaking directly to me through that person. Right. I mean, incredible. For one who speaks in tongues, speaks not to me. Oh, I've read all that stuff. Okay. It's gone. On the other hand, right. Oh, verse four. Thank you. Verse four. The one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up. Have you ever heard Pastor Joy talked about? She needs a, you know, Praying tongues to put on her, her eyeballs, her contacts. She's blind without them. I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know the struggle. I just know that it can sometimes it's painful. It says, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. So he's saying, you know, tongues is more for personal building, uh, edification. Prophecy is more for people. Like you're going to build people. You're going to strengthen people with it. Verse five. It says, now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues. Wait, what? Hold up, yeah. Come on, someone. Unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. Now, brothers, if I, if I come to you speaking in tongues, how will I benefit you unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or teaching? Verse 7. But even lifeless instruments such as the flute or the harp do not give distinct notes. How will anyone know what is played? And if the bugle gives a distinct sound... I mean, that's just kind of funny. The bugle. <laughs> I, mean, I, just, I read, I don't know. I read scripture and I'm like, that's funny. <laughs> bugle. <laughs> Gives a distinct sound. Then who will get ready for battle? So with yourselves, if your tongue, you utter speech that is not intelligible, how will anyone know what is said? If you will be speaking, or for you will be speaking into the air, there are doubtless many different languages in the world, and none is without meaning. So, um, uh, verse 11. So, pause it for a minute. Uh, so, what he's saying is, uh, if you remember what happened in Acts chapter 2, in Acts chapter 2, they, uh, the Spirit came on them in power, and they began to speak in tongues, where they started speaking in other languages. And, and the incredible thing was was in jerusalem at the time there were multiple people of multiple different nations and they said we hear them speaking the things of god in our own native tongue as americans we pretty much just speak english 
But you think, you know, if you live in maybe another part of the country, most likely you'd be bilingual or maybe you'd have multiple dialects. You know, my, uh, my buddy Aaron, his wife speaks like three or four languages. And so, so you have a primary dialect and you have maybe a native dialect and you have like all these different things. So they, so maybe they were speaking in, in uh, Aramaic, but maybe their native dialect was something else. And so they hear the apostles saying the things of God in their native dialect. So that was not only ear catching, but to them, that was like mysterious. Like these are Jews. How do they know my native tongue? Right? So that's what he's talking about. It says, uh, you know, basically uh, verse 11, it says, for I do not know the meaning of the language. I will be a foreigner to the speaker and the speaker a foreigner to me. So with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. Right? Because that's what it's for. I love, uh, I love um, uh, what someone said is that uh, gifts, uh, they're tools, they're not trophies. But, you know, it's not like, oh, look at me, I'm doing this. No, it's not about that. It's not about you showing off your gift. If it is, then you're doing that for the wrong reasons. Right? The scripture says, you know, there are going to be people that say, we prophesied your name and did all these things. And you say, I never knew you. Right? So they're, they're tools, they're not trophies. It's not to like put a bat on your back to say, look at, look at how good you are. Cause you're, you know, none of us are good, not even one, but it's a tool meant to build up the church. So that's why I love it. It says strive to excel in building up the church. The first 13, therefore, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret verse 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Verse 15, what am I to do? I will pray it with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. So he's basically saying, you pray in the spirit, but then pray like regular, like let people hear what you're saying. I will sing praise with my spirit and I will sing with my mind also. You guys sit with me? Verse 16. Otherwise, if you give thanks with your spirit, how can anyone in the position uh, of an outsider say, amen, right? I mean, if somebody's like, just like praying the spirit, you're like, amen. I'm like, you don't know what they're saying. Like, like are you, do you get what they're saying? It's like, listen, this guy, amen. You know, now if I, if I have a prayer and I'm saying, you know, and we're like, Lord, you know, touch America, Lord, you know, touch Toledo. You can say, amen. You hear what I'm saying? But if I started like, if I was just like praying in tongues, you're just like, what is he saying? Nobody knows. That's what he's saying here. Okay. This is outsider say amen to your thankful giving when you uh, when he does not know what you're saying. For you may be giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not being built up. Verse 18, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Verse 19, therefore, in church, I would rather say five words with my mind in order to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Another translation would say five intelligible words, right? We're coming around to the third base here. Number 20. Brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil. I love that. What does it mean to be an infant? Innocent, right? I love that. It says, be children in your thinking. Oh, excuse me. Don't be children in your thinking, but be infants in evil. I love the way, like his words, the way he says stuff. It says, but in... Your thinking be mature. In the law it is written by people of strange tongues and by the lips of foreigners, I will speak to the people. Even then they will list, they will not listen to me, says the Lord. Verse 22. Thus tongues are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers, while prophecy is a sign not for unbelievers, but for believers. I'm going to pause that for a minute. Because what Paul's saying in this 
particular scripture is Acts chapter 2. Think about this. You have people of all different types of dialects and all different types of tongues. You know, they're all gathered in Jerusalem. The Spirit comes on them. They start speaking in other languages. And so it became a sign for unbelievers because when they started hearing this, they were like, what is going on here? These people are drunk. They're out of their mind. And then Peter starts preaching in boldness and authority. He says 3,000 were saved. They were saying tongues in front of unbelievers. They got saved. It was a sign for unbelievers. Do you get that? And then he's going to go on and he's going to kind of flip the script on us in verse 23. It says, if therefore the whole church comes together, now he's talking about the church coming together, right? And all are speaking in tongues and an outsider or unbeliever enters, will they not say that you're out of your mind? Right? Have you, I mean, who in here has ever walked into a church and people were speaking in tongues? What was your first thing you thought? Just what he said. They're out of their mind. <laughs> what is going on? This church is crazy. They are nuts. What is happening here? Paul said this was going to happen. You're going to say, what? This is crazy. But this right here. Oh, my gosh. This is, when I read this, when we, when we planted our South Seattle campus back in 2006, when I read this, I said, Lord, if this is the power of your spirit, then this is what I want. You ready for this? Verse 24. This is amazing. This is powerful. People read this, they skip over it. It says, but if all prophesy and an unbeliever or outsider enters, he is convicted by all. He is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed. And so falling to his face, right? He's going to fall on his knees. He will worship God and declare that God is really among you. If that is the power of the prophetic at, uh, at work in a church, that's what I want. Right? Because I, I don't have to talk you into it. <laughs> Somebody else can talk you out of it. I don't have to debate you on this thing. God shows up. God speaks. He, tell, he uh, starts speaking to your heart. And then all of a sudden, you're like, man, God's here. Has anyone, has anyone here ever experienced that? I mean, there's a few hands that have, have raised. But man, that's powerful. And that's why Paul says, he says, earnestly desire the greater gifts. Because if you're functioning in a gift that can build believers and that can uh, bring glory to the Father, build faith, strengthen believers, bring proof that God is real and clarify future endeavors, then friends, come on, man, that's what we need. And I just want to just, you can put that last one on there one more time, right? Because spiritual gifts is what they're for, right? They're not, tro they're not trophies. It's not, look at me, look at all the cool things I can do. Look how super spiritual I am. Woohoo, look at me, I'm like a super apostle. No, not at all, <laughs> right? It brings glory to the Father. It should never point to you should never point to a person. Matter of fact, if you find yourselves going to a specific person all the time, you should probably, maybe for a future reference, maybe seek someone else out or go after the Lord. Because then they're probably becoming a crutch. Because their gift and operation, if they're speaking wisdom to you all the time, or if they're, not that we shouldn't have people in our life. We should. We absolutely need that. We need people in our life who can speak life into us. But if there's somebody that you're going to all the time, every time you have a crisis... Mm, I would question that. Spiritual gifts bring glory to the Father. They build faith. They strengthen believers. They bring proof about God and they clarify future endeavors. He says, desire the higher gifts. This is what the, pro the prophetic gifts do in operation. And this is what, when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, 
when we, have you ever prayed, God, do what you want to do. Lord, speak through me. Holy Spirit, have your way. Have you ever, if you've ever said any of those type of things, then what you're in essence doing is you are asking God to manifest himself in, in you in a way of power that could be like one of these things. Have you ever, have you ever seen somebody doing something or have you ever had somebody that you look to and you're like, wow, I want to be like that. Or, you know, I want to sing like that. I want to play like that. I want to be like that person. What you saw was you saw that person operating in their strength, right? You saw them operating in their gifting. And so you admired their gift, right? I mean, whether that was football, basketball, track, right? I mean, we've got the Olympics going on with all these amazing athletes. Because you're seeing them operate in their strength. You're seeing them operate in their gifts. Paul is asking us, he's, he's encouraging us to seek after the spiritual gifts. To earnestly seek after those things. And so I would just encourage you. I want to encourage our church. That we would be a church that does desire God and the things of God to be an operation in our life. If that's you, if you're in this place and you're like, you know, I know I want God to operate in a supernatural way in my life. Would you raise your hand? We got all kinds of hands in here. We're going to do this. I want to pray for you today. I want to pray that God would just have his way in your life. And we'll see what he does. John, could you, could you come up and play something softly for me? Uh, I know um, I don't usually do this. So I usually like people to pray in their seats. Um. But as I, as I was praying about this whole message and as I was praying about this whole, um, just a series, I want to take time to, because in scripture it says there's a part where Paul tells Timothy, he says, fan in the flame uh, the gift that was given to you by the laying on of my hands. And so he's, you know, he wanted Timothy to operate in the gift that was given to him. And maybe, maybe you want wisdom. Maybe, maybe you, maybe you want prophecy. Maybe you would like God to give you words of knowledge. I know we had some people that spoke in tongues for the first time here recently. Last, I don't know if last week, but I know here recently. Maybe, maybe you need discernment. You need discernment of spirits. Yeah, you do. I'm not gonna say maybe. I'm gonna say you do. <laughs> You need all the wisdoms. <laughs> uh, I'm going to ask you to do something bold today. Let's just take a moment. Let's just kind of seek after the Lord. Father, we just come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for how amazing you are. And Lord, we just thank you that, Father, that you've allowed us to gather together in your name. And Lord, you're so amazing. And God, I believe you want to continue to show your faithfulness in and through your church. And thank you that, Father, when... Uh, manifestations of the Spirit happen. It's meant for strengthening, encouragement, conviction, all those things. Lord, and we thank you that, God, that you are wild and wonderful and you're not weird and wacky. And I thank you, God, would you remove any, maybe, God, if we've had bad experience, would you just remove that bad taste out of our mouth in the name of Jesus? You could actually see you being demonstrated in a, in a pure way, God. 
Thank you, Father. Or maybe in here, maybe, maybe we're like the Acts 19 too. I didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. I've heard of God, I've heard of Jesus. And the whole Holy Spirit thing is just, never heard of it. That's fine, that's okay too. You're in a good place. So Lord just wants to reveal himself to you. I'm asking you if you did something, I'm asking you to do something bold. If you raise your hand and you would like prayer, I'm asking you to slip out of your seat if you want to. I mean, you can stay there and keep praying if you want. I would love to pray for you. I'd love to just pray that God would breathe just, you know, strength and grace in your life and that he would fill you and use you in a powerful way.